The Aimless Rebel Morning Show is an explicit podcast. Listener discretion is advised. What's that you've heard? That the Aimless Rebel Morning Show now has a new banner, and it's brought to us by this week's sponsor, Griffin Leeds. Who's Griffin Leeds, you might be asking? Griffin Leeds is a Bloomington-based comic who also does design. Are you looking for some kind of banner for a future event? Griffin Leeds. Are you looking for a cool profile picture that has some art to it? Griffin Leeds. He will be able to get you a portfolio of his art, his work also, so hit him up. G-R-I-F-F-I-N-M-L-E-E-D-S at gmail.com. That's Griffin M. Leads at gmail.com. Hit him up. See his portfolio. Check out all the cool art that he is doing. Also, what is that? Yeah, he's a stand-up comic. If you want to see more of Griffin, go to his YouTube channel, Griffin Leads. Just check him out. YouTube. Gmail. Hit him up. Let's start the show. Gentlemen, welcome to the Aimless Rebel Morning Show. The Aimless Rebel Morning Show. This week's guest, comedian Elliot Hilton, and now your host, Alex Brown. Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Aimless Rebel Morning Show. Really excited to uh, finally get this episode out. It's been a very busy week. I apologize it's taken so long. I think we're going to do Friday episodes. I know we start at Tuesday. The week continues to get hectic. I moved to Thursday and then let's just do Friday. I think we're all going to be in agreement on Friday episodes. Um, had a really fun sit down. We talked majority of the time about movies good guy i'm glad that uh him and i were able to start comedy together roughly at the same time and i'm trying to get him up here to chicago i think it'd be good for him and it would be nice to have another familiar face um i am coming up on my six month stint being up here it's it's been a ride i i haven't been home yet i'm trying to figure out holidays and uh, if I'm going to be able to make it home. But yeah, things are going great. Really enjoying uh, up here. We we finally have a cool banner. Or I'm, I'm trying to think of the correct word to use. Picture for the Aimless Rebel Morning Show. As you heard in the in the intro, Mr. Griffin Leeds uh, was able to help me out with that. Since I have no artistic ability whatsoever. And he sat down and was able to work something out for me. Go, go over to his stuff, guys, and check it out. Uh, hit him up. Uh, he's on Facebook and, and, and all of that. So that all being said, um, I want to just say, hey, I hope everybody's doing well. And uh, don't forget to rate, review, give us a like on Stitcher, Podomatic, SoundCloud, whatever. Oh, and also iTunes. Big news. We're finally on iTunes. We are finally on iTunes. Thanks to Elliot coming up, helping me get it uh, submitted to iTunes. Um, We are now on the iTunes channel. So go over there, check us out on iTunes. Remember, rate, review. If there's anything that I could be doing better, which I'm sure there's a lot, uh, private message me. Um, I've rambled enough. It's been about two minutes already. So I hope you guys are well. I look forward to hearing from you, and uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. like they've got OCD and they can't live in the same space for more than five minutes. It's like they need to shut the fuck up. That's what it, <laughs> I mean, that's what they need to do. It's it's 
when I when I moved in here, everybody was like, "Oh man, you're gonna hear you're you're gonna hear your neighbors all the time." I was like, "Nah, I haven't heard them yet." <laughs> Shit. Yeah, that's why I like to be upstairs. That's why I partially picked living on the second floor. Yeah, but I'm fat. I don't want to walk upstairs every day. I don't leave the house every day. <laughs> that's true. Just most days. So you're just gonna go through Facebook while you're uh, just sitting here? No, no. No, that's fine. I mean, if you wanna, I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna engage. You're gonna engage in the engage conversation. In what conversation. shirt are you wearing? Excellent to each other. Bill and Ted's excellent edition. This is the newest thing I got in Loot Crate. You're a Loot Crate subscriber? How much is that? It's twenty bucks a month. It's not bad. Yeah, but you get shitty stuff. You don't get anything that's good. Nah, I've gotten some cool stuff. But what? Like one every, once every year? Once every month, there's usually one item that's worth keeping. But then I re-gift shit to people so that they ah oh. yeah, it keeps me in good graces with people. I, I had a friend that used to do loot crate for his sister. Uh huh. He did like a three month thing. Mm hmm. And uh, and then they they were like, after three months they. Charged his account again. He was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He, yeah, they re-renew. Yeah, they re-renew. They, that's the problem with everything now. If you sign yeah. up for something that's a free trial, you've only got till then, and they've already got your information. You're already locked in for the next month. Not a fan. Not a fan. Not a fan <laughs> of just getting stupid shit. Yes, I'm not. But I like stupid shit. I spend a lot of frivolous cash on dumb shit, just like my dad. If you look at my dad's apartment, or my dad is like me, just yeah. has way more disposable income and very expensive hobbies. Like, my dad's three hobbies are Notre Dame football, which we have merchandise that I've been bringing back to my house every time I go home. Yeah. Just because I need to have a house that looks living, lived in. But then he also, my dad has a fucking suit of armor. Be careful fucking slamming that down. It's going to pick it up. I'm sorry. No, don't pick it up and then set it down again. What do you do? Don't put it on your computer. Hey, man. I got insurance. Plus. On your computer? I don't know. Probably. Oh, good for you. I think it, the warranty's probably gone now. <laughs> so, so what's the other two? My dad has uh, a suit of armor that he has custom made to fit him. Sounds stupid. Oh yeah, it's fucking stupid. But he has it just like set up in his living room, and you go in, and there's just a fucking suit of armor. Like sometimes when you go to your dad's house, you walk in, he's not anywhere to be found. Is he? Is he just standing in the suit of armor? Oh no, you'd hear. Because I remember my dad. His third hobby is Halloween. And, awesome, big big time coming up. Uh, not anymore, not since the divorce, because he doesn't have like a house that's residentially surrounded by children anymore. Because he's a psychiatrist. Yeah, that lives, sounds creepy. He lives in like a, a unregistered. He's unregistered in like the phone books, and it's hard to find his address if you don't know where he is. And we used to. He spent like thousands of dollars every year. He'd go to like this festival where they would just have all this shit for Halloween. Okay. And he would just drop buckets of money on shit. And we'd literally, like, he'd basically turn me into an indentured servant and, like, make me help, like, decorate the house. The problem was, is, like, we had such expensive stuff just sitting out on our front yard. And we had a neighborhood with, like, thousands of kids. And there were just so many shithead kids that would come around and, like, fuck up the yard. And, like, that was an ordeal we'd have to deal with that day. And and then after the divorce happened, it's like he wore the suit of armor on Halloween, too. Like, we, every year it started to get, like, it started in our front yard and we had all this shit out there. And yeah. Then, and then it started to get vandalized. So he's like, well, we got to be able to, like keep this under wraps so then we turned, so we got a gun we turned oh he had had a lot of guns <laughs> my dad had a lot of guns until he had to sell them to make it <laughs> like we're talking like walter ppk like 
the death wish gun. And yeah, you're making like a that. good gun. Gun. Uh, yeah. It's more like. What? Like uh, we, thanks for describing gun sounds to yeah. me. <laughs> we turned our garage into a maze. Yeah. Like a haunted maze, and that was like it was really nice, and everybody thought it was really cool. But it was the fucking worst experience ever because he just treat me like shit and be like, "Put it up, you're doing this," and I'm like. I don't want to, Dad. And then like all my friends had to like help on Halloween so that we could get our service hours so we could graduate. And yeah, it was a it was a fun time, I guess. Not <laughs> you could talk louder if you want to. I'm not a huge I'm not a huge Halloween fan, but uh, that's just because I've been beaten out of it. <laughs> it's been beaten out of you. Beaten out of me through scary dad tactics. Scare tactics. Scare tactics. Scare dad tactics. That was that didn't work. That works. Ah, not a fan. Give yourself some credit with that one. Well, I mean, if it, it, that sounds like a weird channel, like I, I don't even know if I tune into scare tactics. No, you'd have to be like, will that show even be about just dads fucking with their kids? Yeah, it sounds weird. I don't like it. it sounds like my dad. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like an awful B movie, Scaredactyl. What? Yeah. I'm already liking the sound of this. Yeah, scary. where do we get this pterodactyl coming from? I don't know. It's gonna be. It's gonna be kind of like. Uh, I, I I would say Sharknado. How did that originate? I don't even remember. I've seen Sharknado. Tara Reed was on a bender and was like, "I should be in a shitty movie." We call her Terrible Reed. <laughs> Who, who's we? Everybody. I mean, I've never called her that. Me and my my friends of our collective <laughs> shitty movie night. Terrible read. You have a movie night? We used to in our freshman year of college. Okay, so like I'm from Evansville, and I grew up on the same. Sorry. Yeah. 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 It's that's. I think we won an award for being like the most shitty city, and it. it, it I think we did. Is that the award, shitty city? It might as well be. <laughs> we also are. Evansville the, hashtag shitty city. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you're getting it. I'm rhyming. Oh, yeah, I didn't know if you were picking that up. You dropped some bars on me. <laughs> Evansville is home to the second longest street festival other than Mardi Gras. Wow. Yeah. Where just people kill themselves on no, day, days just, on it. They eat fucking fattening foods like cow brain sandwich. Or what is it? Yeah, cow brain sandwich. I don't know. That's not, that does not it, sound fattening. That oh, sounds disgusting. Oh, my God. Evansville is home. Like, they'll just deep fry anything in October. Like, I think that it went... Like, we had deep-fried soda one year. We had deep-fried Oreos. Like, that's a regular. Like, never had it. I mean, I'm a fan of Oreos, but I've never had it. I don't even think I've had them. But, you know, like, they also had, like, a stand that sold bug candy. Like, candy with bugs in it. You like? Oh, yeah. I, I was following when you said bug candy. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I know what you're saying. And they were, like, the icky-licky stand. That was what it was. They <laughs> like, they'd have suckers with, like, a, a cricket in them. And people fucking ate it up, literally. That's stupid. I know. I, I couldn't do it. That's why I had to get the fuck out of Evansville. <laughs> but uh, I grew up in Evansville, and uh, I did 10 years on one at one elementary school, moved a block down, yeah. did four years at the high school. High school came and went real quick, and I didn't realize college was sneaking up on me, and I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. Uh, I'm just going to apply to the school next door and IU. Got into both of them, but I was a drinker, and my parents were like, you're not going to IU. So I didn't go to IU. I stayed, and I moved another block over, and I didn't just move a block over. My mom had uh, bought a new house, and she moved across the street from the dorm that I was living in, and it that's weird it really fucking depressed me like i couldn't get away i didn't feel like i was going to college i didn't learn it i was just super depressed and uh 
me and my friends from high school, it was like three of us that had all gone to this college together and lived on the same floor. And we just kind of confided in each other. And we're like, you know what? Like, how did it originate? We're like, do you like Nicolas Cage? I fucking love Nicolas Cage. Do you like Nicolas Cage? I love Nicolas Cage. Okay. I have a pillowcase with Nicolas Cage's face on it. It's a little weird, but... It's very uh, weird. I leave it out in my living room for guests. I like to get a good read when they come in. (laughs) If they aren't having it, then I don't know. We'll see. But the girls dig it, I guess. The ones that have seen it, at least. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, 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 what's your favorite Nicolas Cage movie? Oh, you got to be more specific. There's no, all, I don't. There's all kinds of Nicolas Cage movies. Yeah, I know that. that, that that's... We, if we're gonna talk like as a cinephile, what is his best? Explain cinephile. I don't know what that word means. Uh, I watch movies probably more than I masturbate now. Like, yeah. Thanks for the visual. <laughs> yeah. And if you want to know how much that is, guess how many movies I've seen. I, my, I don't want you to tell me. In my downtime, I uh, like to keep a written ledger of how many films I've seen, and I go through the Wikipedia pages because I'm a fucking weirdo. Okay, so tell <laughs> me your favorite Nick Cage movie. Uh, Adaptation is very good. Never seen it. It his dual roles. Do you know who? Uh, I like I liked Face Off. Face Off is a fucking awesome movie yeah people give it shit all I the love time John but it's, you get what you too. get I yeah. love th- just the fact that they're both like trying to play each other and just hamming it up is so good <laughs> John Travolta Broken Arrow that's that's another I've one. not seen Broken Arrow I have it on a hard oh, drive oh man though. my dad took me to a drive-in theater uh, when I was a kid to see Broken Arrow uh-huh. and the first movie that played was Rumble in the Bronx oh yeah with Jackie Chan yep. I remember the cover yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's that's what that's that's how I got introduced because we went to see I think Rumble in the Bronx and we stayed for Broken Arrow and we were like that was so awesome. I, I need to watch it because it sounds like Howie Long is in it. Howie Long, right? Oh yeah, he was fucking wasn't he? A, he was a linebacker, right? He he played in football. He was a very good linebacker. I think yeah. he won a Super Bowl with the what is it? The Raiders. I don't know. John Madden was the coach. I think. Not a big fan of football anymore. You know, hockey fan. These are baseball. Football card facts that are just burning in the back of my retinas. You just you just read football cards all the time. I got like a photographic memory for trivial shit. Like, okay, <laughs> like I can at any time <laughs> like Robin Yunt's tops card pops into my head. I was Man. like, yeah, like that stupid shit. That's before my time, but that's stuff that like rattles around in my head. I really, I really wanna, I wanna see if I if I could give you two actors and connect uh-huh. it. We, I've done it. On I can do this, man. Can you? I, I will fucking blow you away. So we're doing Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Okay. Okay, and I'm gonna give you two uh, actors. Yes. And you gotta connect them. Okay. Donald Sutherland. All right. And Morgan Freeman. Okay. Let me see. This might take a second. Donald Morgan Freeman's been in a lot of shit. I'm not gonna connect them. Okay, we'll start with Shawshank. Okay. I'm gonna go to Tim Robbins. Okay. That's that's one. That's one. Tim, Tim Robbins was in. He was in Bull Durham. That's where I was going. With Kevin Costner. Okay. That's two. Kevin Costner was. You in, could do it under too. You don't have to do it right at six. I, I know. I'm just gonna see if I, I'm trying. This is practice right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we've got Kevin Costner was in No Way Out with Gene Hackman. Okay. That's three. Gene Hackman was in Enemy Estate with Will Smith. I don't know if I would have went there. Well, I'm just see where I can go with it. Will Smith was in Wild Wild West with Kevin Klein. This one might be tough. This is going to be tough. I could have honestly, I can get rid of one of those because I could just do the big chill. And uh, Who was in the big chill? Kevin Costner was a corpse in the big chill. 
Oh, you're gonna his, use a corpse? His scene was deleted from the Big Chill, but he's the dead body in the coffin. I have not heard anybody do Big Chill in forever. Because Big Chill's not a good movie. You know what is good? The soundtrack. Uh, the soundtrack. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna go backwards. Okay, we'll start Morgan Freeman, Tim Robbins, and then Tim Robbins go to Bull Durham. Um, I'm gonna take Ke- Kevin Costner from Bull Durham and take that I'll put the big chill because there's a bunt load of stars in the big chill. Yeah, you got Jeff Goldblum. Oh, I already got, got Clo- you got I already it? got it. Jeff Goldblum was in the big chill, and Jeff Goldblum was also in the Invasion of the Body Snatchers remake with Donald Sutherland. Boom. What? Did it. Nice. Did it like a pro. I'm gonna I'm gonna see what the Oracle of Bacon <laughs> is gonna is gonna say. I'm sure it's derived from something oh, else. Shit, I, fucked. I went Donald Sutherland to Donald Sutherland. <laughs> Can you connect Kevin Bacon to Kevin Bacon with seven degrees of Kevin Bacon? Morgan Freeman and Donald Sutherland were both in Outbreak. I've never seen Outbreak. <laughs> I can't believe it was so easy. I mean, we could have just went Outbreak, but, man. But I, I, I had to use that to flex my cinema nuts. Okay. Because I totally just jumped around decades. Okay. Unlike kids my age. Okay. <laughs> well, how about this? Here, here's another question. All right. Zombie apocalypse happens. All right. What is your weapon of choice? First question. What kind of zombie apocalypse are we talking? Is it a slow talking or are we talking about a stupid Danny Boyle viral outbreak and they're going to run at Oh, me? you're referencing 28 Days Later. Yes. Or yeah. are we going to talk like George Romero, Night of the Living Dead? It's just zombies, man. Just pick a weapon. Well, I'm going to go with Night of the Living Dead because I don't consider 28 Days Later a zombie movie. Yeah, they're, they're rage infected. Um, yeah. Well, I've had this thought a lot at work. Because I work at Target, and I yeah. actually had a coworker one time go, "Hey man, like, do you ever like think if zombies invaded the store, like, what weapon would you use?" I was like, "How much mm. time of your day is consumed on this thought?" And I already like, know mine, but I mean, the, well, the audience already knows what I'm going to say. Well, going off of what I know is in stock at Target, it's very scarce. You got t- baseball bats, yeah, and you've got camping equipment, okay, and that's basically just knives. And you don't want knives when you're fighting zombies. Not usually, you, you're going to want reach. You're going to want T-ball bats and something that's light. You have shovels? No, we don't. You don't have shovels? No, we don't. We aren't a cons- hardware store. Wait a second. Store. Target does not carry shovels. Those are a seasonal item, bro, and we only get snow shovels. Fun fact, the only time I've ever used five years of Spanish was to tell a guy during a snowstorm who spoke Spanish. He's like, uh, I don't know what he said. He's like, where are the shovels? And I was like, a la izquierda. And I pointed. That's five years down the drain. Yeah, but you, but you said fun fact. That wasn't very fun. I know. It wasn't fun for me either. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so zombie apocalypse. George Romero zombies. Okay. Uh, we've had we've had flamethrower in the past. We've had... that just be little, bad. You don't want flamethrower I know. Zombies. I know what I've talked about. It. I've given a hard time. Uh, we had lightsaber, uh, which... Is a fictional thing that's not real. Okay. So. Um, I'd say that a good modern day weapon. Was I didn't <laughs> say from Target. I said, I know, what's your zombie now. weapon? And you went straight to, well, Target. <laughs> I'd probably an axe would be okay. Axe? Like, I'd have to have like a steel reinforced fire axe or something. See, my, mine's machete. Machete, but then again, if it's dull, you're going to be getting tired. If yeah, you, you could to... sharpen it. Plus, are these zombies going to have soft skulls? I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to see off impact. You're always asking just stupid questions. Hey, man, I've seen so many movies. 
well-rounded in zombie apocalypses. No one's ever put that sentence together before. I've seen so many movies, I'm well-rounded. I don't think that's even a possibility. Well-versed in zombie well apocalypse. There we go. I'll let you have that one. <laughs> so, um, so, okay. So, you said Adaptation is your favorite Nicolas Cage movie. Why is that? I'd say, okay, that movie is really... Do you know who Charlie Kaufman is? Yeah. He's Eternal Sunshine, The Spotless Mind. Like he's yeah, a, he's a real. I'm not fucking, a fan of him. He's a real like screenwriter, screenwriter. Okay. I'd say like he's very meta, and that movie is absolutely meta because it's a true story okay. in a way. Like Nicolas Cage is portraying Charlie Kaufman. He's playing a guy who's trying to become a successful writer or a screenplay or a screenwriter. But yeah, uh, Nicolas Cage plays Charlie Kaufman and Charlie Kaufman's fictional. Brother. Okay, I know the basic premise around. And uh, this is the fun fact about that movie. It's, no, the, only, it it's the only time that a fictional person has been nominated for a best screenplay. Oh, no shit. Because Charlie Kaufman and I think it's Philip Kaufman were both nominated for the accolade. And he's not a real person. But uh, Nicolas Cage basically plays a neurotic fucking failed screenwriter who's trying to adapt this really dull non-fiction book that's about flowers and Meryl Streep plays like the writer of the original novel and he's trying to like embody her just through like reading the book and getting to know her and he almost like falls in love with her but then it gets real twisted and then there's Chris Cooper plays this like real swamp monsters type guy okay who she falls in love with because he's the only one that knows how to like find this flower that the book is about but the whole movie is about. Sounds awful. It's it's it's. I have no interest. It's in a really this movie like now. dull premise. Don't ever then, describe movies. They instantly sound awful. Do you but, want to describe The Godfather to me? Never want to watch it again. I I do Godfather Part Two because I'm not fond of it. But you don't like Godfather Part Two anyway. It's all right, been all right, a while. all right, all right. We'll get into movies. Uh, 18 minutes in, I, I need to introduce my guest, Mr. Elliot Hilton. Uh, stand-up comic based out of Bloomington, Indiana. Amateur. Does a lot of amateur stand-up <laughs> comic. Does a does a lot of uh, open mics, hitting them all over the city. Came up to Chicago to visit me this weekend, and I have to work, so we're cutting into a, a podcast really quick uh, to learn more about what's going on with him. He just did his first forty-minute set at the Church Cannab- the Church of Cannabis, yes, it is in uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. I want to learn a little more about how that went for you. Um, what was your thought process? Uh, who runs that show? What's going on there? Um, it's run by Jerry Goble. Okay. Um, I think, I'm pretty sure he's an indie-based comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's It was a really nice setup. I, it's the biggest uh, set I've gotten, honestly. I'm used to just doing five minutes every Monday, and that's usually, once that's over, I don't have shit for the rest of the week. And this was the first time somebody had offered me a, a gig, and I was really excited, and I was supposed to do 20 minutes and I prep for that basically just by excruciating audio recounts of every other open mic I've done and just kind of like well fuck that joke don't want that this won't work this needs to do it but then I got there and the other comedian who was supposed to go on in the second half of the show never showed up so I was told I could just do as much as I wanted and I did 40 minutes and it blew me away because I didn't expect that I'd done 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And it actually, I felt really liberated because I've never been able to stand up that long and be able to like talk. And I could definitely feel like me working bits out ways I've never been able to. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a good show. Like 
I was out of pot beforehand, which is unfortunate because, you know, I would have really would have been more lucid for a set like that. But it was uh, it was real. It was real good. I was uh, I was really prepped. I think I uh, had too much, <laughs> but I learned what bits I don't want to hear me ever do again. Yeah, absolutely. Never going to talk about being a college athlete again. <laughs> You don't look like a college athlete oh, either. Oh, it's because I studied abroad. What sport? Basketball. Really? I played a semester of college hoops in England, and uh, rather than like play well, other collegiate athletes, it was gonna, it was gonna be all. well, like we get to England for my semester abroad, my sophomore year, and their first thing that they say is like, "Well, we got a lot of stuff you can do this semester. You can play uh, basketball for the." school's team and we're like oh man this is gonna be fun because we are not really athletes this what is was our the first record? shot they hadn't won a game in four years and she told us that and i was like i've seen just about every sports movie that's ever been made i think we can fix this i think we can do this and we lost the first game but we didn't know who we were going to be playing we were playing like the the miners and like oil workers from the other surrounding like boroughs or townships or yeah. whatever and they're like 40 50 year old disgruntled men and they beat your ass no they didn't well they oh. beat us the first time but the first game we went into it we had a girl on our team we had a bunch of drunk frat guys like it was just a it was no it wasn't an all-male team and we were like well we need to get a team together our coach was drunk frat guy who didn't understand basketball but he insisted on being the coach and uh we uh first game we show up and they didn't really explain the differences between u.s basketball rules and european basketball rules so we had to learn as we went and before the game like even started we got a technical because they have a rule where everybody on the team has to have matching undershirts and we had a girl and she had like a sports bra that was a different color and they're like well it's technical that's a that's a technical shot you guys are down already like before the game even started we were losing and we're like well this is bullshit and then like as this this game first game progresses like at halftime instead of like getting practice shots in the entire other team just went outside and chain smoked and then they came back in and proceeded to play a second half with us and like we got all kinds of bullshit technicals for like really silly things that don't need to be a rule but the Europeans are sensitive so they made it a rule like in street hoops you can basically do anything to someone to fuck up their shot like you can scream you can say things to just disgruntle them or yeah. make them uneasy in their flow and one time a guy went up for a layup and the guy goes miss it and then the technical dust like that we got into like a fight or one of our guys on our team was trying to fight it was great but we lost that first game and we're like well we we really need to like pull through this yeah so we kind of like did a facelift on the team the team was the harlexton lions but at the time uh, it's always sunny in philadelphia had recently aired an episode about the shin dynasties that uh but day devito has like a black lover when he's at his younger ages and they named a club after her because she was a lounge singer it was she dynasties and there's a sign and the guy looks up and goes shady nasties so we were all drunk college kids we're like well we're the harlexton shady nasties now and we fucking dominated that league we had like a we had a black dude who was like six three yeah. which is basically like a seven foot center <laughs> it was like nobody could contain him we were just we 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 set that school straight 
basketball patriot. <laughs> yeah, you played a bunch of smoked people that smoked and it was I like to compare it to like you ever see Billy Elliot? No. <laughs> About the kid that wants to be a ballet dancer no, and his da- it like takes place in like London in the nineteen eighties, like eighty four, eighty five during like a mine coal miners strike and okay. it's a kid who comes from a family of coal miners. And he wants to be a dancer. And his dad's like, no son of mine's going to be a fairy. And, like, that's the whole, like, premise is he has to appease to his dad. But, like, it was basically everybody on that team was, like, Billy Elliot's dad. (laughs) That's such a lofty reference. Yeah, that was... uh... I tried that last night and got just as much silence as I did from an empty room. (laughs) You're welcome. Always keep me level. I just I just want to be there for you, support your comedy. Hey, man, you can only support me by not supporting me most of the time. That's how comics work, right? Yeah, that's how stand-up we works. Don't that's how stand-up works. We don't care about other people. Yeah, stand-up works that way, not fucking improv. Yeah. Improv, it's like, hey, buddy, good job. It's just like, I just took a shit on the stage. Yeah, that's okay. It was, it was, it was art, But man. it was a creative shit, and you got to build off of it. Still getting used to it, man. Yeah. I like it. What What's your favorite part of improv? Oh, man, my favorite part of improv, um, just not being the only one on stage. Yeah. Being able to give and take, um, being able to see someone else's idea and then jumping onto it mm-hmm. and joking about it. Collaborating. Someone, yeah, that's fun. Um, but still, I'm having a really hard time like accepting. Mm-hmm. Like They don't give notes. They're not like, that was shit. That was really bad. I think that it's it sounds like something that's going to be different every time you do it, though. So yeah. it's kind of hard to give constructive criticism. They probably yeah. just have to critique more, like the way you're structuring this. Like I said, I've only been to like one improv show. Yeah, I've always just kind of been gravitating towards stand up because that's what. Oh I've, yeah, I've kind of had more of a backbone background in that. Well, stand up. I mean, it, it, you sink or swim. Uh-huh. It's all you. Mm-hmm. Improv, it's not. Yeah, um, I, from what I took away from the one improv show that I've been to, it seems like a lot of like building an environment with your wording. Like yeah. every word that you're going to add to that is just going to present more of an imaginary setting, or like you're going to say something descriptive about someone, and then they're going to have to jump off with that or yep. take that. And you always say yes. That. Yeah. Yes. You always and. have to. You always have to go with where they're going. If they walk in, they're like. Uh, Hello, mother. You can't be like, I'm not your mom. I'm your dad. You, I mean, the, you're already the, you fucking. Ha- yeah, you can't. You, you can't do that. You gotta. Oh, you act like a mom. So, it's just, it's, it's just different, it you know. Like and there's, su- there's su- the the group of improv people. They want to hang out more. They want to spend time. You meet someone, do a set. You do a show or do a class. That night, you're going to be having dinner with them and have grabbing drinks. Stand up's not like it's that. Clicky. Stand up is like, uh, uh-uh, uh, that dude. He has to prove himself, which I, that's what I got used it's to. Hard. Just yeah, it, you it, not bad, different. I don't like to have to appeal to people mm-hmm. all the time. Like I feel like I should be able to be me, face value. If you don't like it, fuck you. I don't want to do that. But it's like I hate having to like try and like warm up to yeah. comedians just because it's like there's such a cynical group of people but it's like I'm one of them I try to not be like that but then that's probably why I'm not as good at it yeah <laughs> I feel like I gotta disconnect myself from my emotions and my personality a lot of the time and I struggle with that so so you do a lot of open mics what are some of your favorite uh, rooms to do in Indiana um I've I've been to Morty's Comedy Club once, and I think that's a very nice club. Okay. Um, from what I've seen, that that is just like a, a really 
nice room. Uh, Comedy Attic's a really nice place in Bloomington. It's not as big of a club, but it's a very good location, and I, that's where I actually got my start. But it's too hard. I don't like bringer shows that much. I'm yeah. more of a. I'd like to flex my nuts on stage and see if I can impress. Wait, wait a second, flex your nuts? Flex my nuts. I don't think you should do that. That sounds painful. Eh, you know, it's all just hanging. Yeah. Oh, oh, I know. I understand what nuts are. I'm just saying, if you were flexing them, I feel like that's a good way to get a hernia or one of them to pop. Hey, man. I lift a lot of stuff I shouldn't. <laughs> Structure, joke-wise, and at work. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, I like Comedy Attic. That's where I got my start. But I'm also trying to, like, do, I do Bear's Place every Monday, and I love Bear's Place. It's a, it's more of a ragtag room, I'd say, because you never know who you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And But there's some of the similar comedians that I see a lot, and I've seen some of them get to grow. And I like that because it's different. Nice. Thanks for muting your phone. That was great. That was tender. No, that's okay. <laughs> oh, someone's hitting you up. Are you in Chicago hitting up girls? Eh, always. <laughs> tender, man. It's that's on the go with gross. you. Hey, man, I got a lonely life. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the comedy act's good. I, uh, I I stick to Bear's Place because I don't like bringer shows. I'd like to be able to go up on stage and yeah. be able to impress a room of strangers with what I'm saying without having to like hear my friends laughing. Because yeah. you can always hear listening back like, well, that's my best friend laughing at my jokes. It's like it doesn't have as much weight behind it because they're going to congratulate me regardless of yeah. what I do. I don't know if you're aware of this. uh Bear's Place. Yeah. Kurt Messick. Yeah. First Kurt. first guest of the show. Yeah. Sponsor of the show. I know, right? I don't know if you're I don't know if you were aware of that. I've been trying to like promote it to people who don't have money to come see me. <laughs> Bear's Place. Bear's Place. It oh. is it is my venue, I'd say. Your I, venue. It's my venue. That's Pers- like personal favorite just cuz I don't have to worry about getting on. I just show up and I do it. Yeah. And I don't usually have to open, so that's always cool. And I hear it's growing. It is growing. It's it's always a toss up what the audience is going to be like, considering it is local, like right next to the campus and the yeah. music school. So you never know if you're going to get a college audience or you're going to get a bunch of indie comedians that are coming down to do an open mic. And mm-hmm. comedians don't laugh, no, they so don't. we know that. But college students don't laugh a lot either. It seems like you know. So it's just an uphill battle. I find college students like to uh, interact. Yes, they do. And and that's one of the the I I, I did um. I went to an improv show last night, and they did this thing where they went, yeah, and they'd clap three times. Well, and then they would start a new scene. Mm-hmm. There was a person in the back that did that halfway through a set, went, yeah, just clap three times. And the actors on the stage were like, oh, that that's a sound, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, shut up, man. No one came yeah. to see you in the back. Like, yeah. no, no one paid their money to watch you be an asshole. Like, please just let us enjoy the show. And, and... The improv guys, they did a really good job. They they pushed through it, mm-hmm. but it's just it just makes me so mad. I'm so tired of people doing that. Yeah, like, I feel like no matter how long comedy stays present, audience members are never gonna understand. Yeah. yeah. Hey, bro. Hey, you're so funny. You get up there and do it. Yeah. And shut the fuck up unless you laugh. Like it just makes me so mad. Uh huh. I'd honest to God, one of these days, I think it'd be great if somebody was heckling. You're just like, no, you fucking do five minutes now. See, I've seen someone do that. I mean, that'd be relinquishing the audience, the power to the audience. But if you're like, you know what, here's my set. Okay, so so there was a a Max's place before it closed. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you've heard the story about Tony. Tony Petricelli? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Sounds like an Andy. Tony Caricelli. Caricelli. Yeah, I don't know if he listens to the show. Um, But I'll try to represent it the best I can. 
Uh, basically, he got up on stage and started doing a lot of crowd work. With it. when you start an open oh, mic, don't do crowd work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't fucking talk to me, Tony. Uh, no, that was a different show. Oh, that was a different. That was later. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but so what happened was there was a guy in the audience that he started talking to. There was only two people in the audience that uh-huh. were watching the show. And then the rest of the comics. Uh-huh. And Tony was like, well, you know, talking to the guy. And the guy was like, oh, you're not offensive. The gay priest before you was, which is, you mm-hmm. know, my, our friend Kirk. Love Kirk. And, yeah. And, and the thing was is he wasn't offended. He thought Kurt was doing a character. That's what I thought Kurt was doing for the longest yeah. time too. <laughs> and, and he was offended of how dare you talk about the church like that, uh-huh. not realizing that this is who Kurt is, mm-hmm. you know. And Tony um, – was like, oh, you know, we're trying to tell him to shut up. Stop talking to the guy. Don't talk to the guy. And he felt like we weren't supporting him when we were mm-hmm. actually trying to protect the stage. Yeah. So then he tried to give the guy the oh, mind. I remember that. And we were like, no, 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 no. And then uh, Kenneth Armstrong, uh, Bloomington-based comic, got up on stage, took the mic, and, and Tony d- d- disappeared to drink. It was just a really rowdy situation. Uh-huh. But, like, ever since that situation, That's... to see what happened, the, hey, man. Hey, I, I'm glad you think you're funny. Please shut the fuck up now. You mm-hmm. know, like, just because you paid your three bucks to come to this open mic does not give you free reign. No. You know, and, and that's, I mean, sometimes the audience is right. Uh-huh. But then it's also not their opinion. Yeah, but sometimes they're wrong, too. Yeah. You know? I'd say it's all objective what you're doing on stage, and if they don't dig it, that's their own fucking problem. But yeah. if they're going to start to try and irk your time from you that's just unforgivable and you know that's if you allow it yeah I don't I've only been heckled one time I think me too and I didn't even really notice it but it seemed like it happened and I I thought I heard it but I wasn't I was talking I was motor mouthing my way through my set have you ever heard of the amazing Jonathan I've heard of him. I don't okay. think I've seen I, I want him. you to finish your story. I cut you off. I'm sorry about that. Finish your story. I'll tell you about this it's, one. Uh, I, I actually, like, I've noticed that heckling, I didn't care too much about it because I was in my own little world for five yeah. minutes, but every other comedian was like, I'm going to go beat the fuck out of that guy. Oh, yeah. I was like, I appreciate you standing up to And me, that's the thing. If you're right, comics will have your back. Yeah. If you are not, they won't. That's probably the most, like welcome I've felt amongst the comedy scene is when they were like I, I was looking for yeah, that this guy this is over we're going to take care yeah, of it yeah I was like oh I appreciate that the amazing Jonathan who's a comic that does magic mm-hmm. he did he, he moved when he started doing comedy he moved to Alaska uh-huh. and got a job as a strip club DJ in Anchorage I can't something. remember where it was it's but he, he would do uh, he would do his joke and then music before everyone he mm-hmm. said the best thing about that was it got him very comfortable with hecklers because uh-huh. people don't want to hear your jokes. They want to see naked ladies. And he said that was one of the best things he could do. Jimmy Carr's the same way. I don't know if he has the same background, but uh-huh. he understands he's very good at being able to be like, nope, you get to shut up now. Mm-hmm. But the thing that, that stinks about that is it breeds more people that are trying to defeat you, mm-hmm. that are trying to and, – and what do they gain from it? Oh, man, that stand-up that I paid $150 to go see – 
I stumped him. Like, oh, cool, man. Your medal's in the back room. Like, we'll get you a cake later. It's like, I just don't think that they understand. Because most of the time, these are drunk assholes. Yeah. But they aren't going to remember the show anyway. But you're going to remember it. Because this is your time to shine. It's like Saturday Night Fever. You're yeah. looking forward to this more than anything. <laughs> Gives you a high. Thanks for referencing Saturday Night Fever. Love Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> That's what I describe every Monday. Is that, where your le- is that where your love for the Bee Gees came from? I mean... Where else would I find the Bee Gees? Honestly, like it's not like every of, other movie from the seventies. Eh, I like my seventies films bleak, like my women. <laughs> huh? I don't know. Just sorry, I lost you. Yeah, it's all right. Bleak like your women. They don't end well. <laughs> That's why you're on Tinder. Most of my relationships have ended like the friends of Eddie Coyle. Bang. You ever seen that? Have you? What, it's called The Friends of Eddie Coyle? The Friends of Eddie Coyle. It's like from 1976. No, I haven't it's seen got, it. Uh, the guy who was in the original Cape Fear. Shit, I know this It one. wasn't... Uh, yeah. I know you're talking about... I can't, I can't remember what his name was. He was in... Um, oh, fuck, he's great. Um, oh, what is his... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He was also in The Night of the Hunter. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's I'm, a good I'm one. trying to think who that was. It's... Um, uh, El Dorado with John Wayne. You're just naming Robert movies. Mitchum. Robert Mitchum. There we go. But Eddie Coyle, Friends of Eddie Coyle is a real bleak 70s crime drama. He gets like killed and left in a parking lot at the end of the movie. Good for him. I know, right? Big life goals. That's called. That's why it's called the Friends of Eddie Coyle, because they're good to him. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, that's kind of how all my relationships have ended. <clears throat> Next question. <laughs> well, I, I think with that, I, I think we could take our first break. Yeah. Uh, and and we'll come back and we'll dive more into movies. I have a couple more questions, uh, things that I can ask you. So um, we'll be back right after this break. Want more of Alex? Check out Alex Brown's Town on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram. Want more of the show? Check out the Aimless Rebel Morning Show on Tumblr and Facebook, or check it out on Twitter at Aimless Rebel M O R. Hi, this is Savannah with Styled by Savannah. Are you tired of having to book weeks in advance? Going to a salon that won't work with your schedule? Are you a stay-at-home parent that just doesn't seem to have enough time in the day? Great news. With Style by Savannah, I come to you. Special events, holidays, and everyday styles. Anything you need from spectacular to casual, Style by Savannah is a curated and cost-effective way to look your absolute best. Like Style by Savannah on Facebook and Instagram and mention the Aimless Rebel Morning Show and receive up to 15% off your first appointment. Styled by Savannah. We'll see you soon. Hi, this is Kurt Messick with Bears Place, and we have an open mic comedy competition every Monday. It starts at 8 o'clock and goes until we're done, and we usually have 15 to 20 comics who are competing for cash prizes. We are the only comedy show in the area which gives a prize for win, place, or show, and you could win up to 100 bucks. We do it every Monday at Bear's Place in Bloomington, Indiana, and mention the Aimless Rebel Morning Show, and you will get free admission. Or if you want to be on, contact me, Kurt Messick, K-U-R-T-M-E-S-S-I-C-K, the guy with the hat, on Facebook, and we'll get you on. Again, every Monday at Bear's Place, 8 p.m., be there, and hopefully you'll win some money. We'd love to see you there. And if you come as an audience member, again, mention this podcast, Aimless Rebel Morning Show, and you'll get free admission. Thanks a lot. See you there. Want more of Elliot? Well, uh, have more of Elliot. 
you can find him on Facebook at Elliot. He's also on AOL Instant Messenger, E-O-T-T-9 at AOL.com. He's also on Snapchat at Swagger Vance. That's correct, at Swagger Vance. He's so silly. If you want to see more of Elliot, go to Target in Bloomington, Indiana. Back to the show. All right, and we're back with our guest, Elliot Hilton. Elliot. Uh, I just... We took our break, and during our break, Ellie got some more water, and I made myself a hot toddy. It's my new favorite thing to drink. Mm-hmm. Vanilla extract, some white sugar, nutmeg, and some milk, all warmed up. Gotta say, man, it's the best thing I've ever tasted. That's gotta be Jessica Tandy's recipe. There's no other way around it. It's Who's just, Jessica Tandy? She's a really old white lady. Did you make that joke last night? Yeah. Yeah, I'm still confused. <laughs> I don't get it any better. It's all right. It makes me feel good. So you're a big movie fan. Yeah. Uh, what, what direction do you want to go? Do you want to talk more about movies? Do you want to talk about your comedy? Do you want to uh, be asked another question? You tell me. You dictate it. Hmm. Well, I could always talk about movies. Those are my things. Uh, my stand-up comedy is more or less just me trying to apply real-life shit that happens to me to movie references. So. Okay. <laughs> so, so here, favorite... Western. Ooh, that's a good question. Ah. I'll tell you mine. Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. That's a very good one. Great Western. I might have to say The Searchers, though. Never heard of it. John Wayne. Okay. 1969. It's it's pretty dark. It's one of those movies that you couldn't get away with today just because of the... Okay. Gender roles and stuff. Like, I think okay. Patton Oswald even did a bit about how he went and saw it. Like, he used to go see movies that were being re shown in theaters. And yeah. It's, it's basically about, like, post Civil War. And I think the bit is, like, he went and saw it with a modern audience and they, uh, like, they treat a woman. They don't respect the woman in the house or something and she she's like serving them head and foot and the woman in front of him's like oh of course leave it to the woman to do all the work and he's like this is supposed to be back in the 1800s um shut the fuck up yeah <laughs> like it's just i like old movies that are really they couldn't get away with the shit today just real like edgy shit favorite war movie mm. That's that's tough because there's a lot of good wars. <laughs> um, I'd say that sounded like Dick Cheney for a second. You okay? A lot you of bring good that back? wars. I like heart. I like blood. I like the taste of blood on my spaghetti. It's more thick than marinara. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You think you think Cheney's a spaghetti eater, huh? Eh, not anymore. Ever since that pacemaker. I don't know. I don't know much about pacemakers or politics. <laughs> you know. So, favorite war movie? Uh, Same Private Ryan's really good. I'd agree with you. Uh, I also wish Tom Hanks was my dad, so there's also that. Like, Yeah. <laughs> he's just the idea. He doesn't seem like the guy that would be like, put that haunted house up, you shitty kid. <laughs> he's the antithesis of my father. I bet is... you he does have uh, a suit of armor, though. I bet he does. I bet you you he know what else he has? A really shitty son named Chet. Oh, I thought Chet you were going to reference Colin. No, Colin's a sweetheart. I wish you're he like was Colin. my brother. You're like, oh, yeah. I, well, like, we get it. We, we, yeah. So you want the whole family. I want Rita Wilson to be my mom. Like, I want it all. I've re- literally found two uh, Zoltar machines in my 24 years of trekking across this great planet. And uh, Oh, you've been all over the world? 
Nah, it was just a little bit. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I found two Zoltar machines and was kind of fortunate to wake up and not have Tom Hanks in my kitchen making me waffles with a chef's hat on. You're 24. Why the hell would your dad be in the kitchen making you breakfast? Because he's Tom Hanks and he's the perfect dad. Is he? I've never seen him. I bet him. you he's killed people. I've only seen him kill like one dude that didn't have it justified in a movie, and that was Cloud Atlas. And let's not even get into Cloud Atlas. I want to see Cloud Atlas. Eh. I'm still intrigued to see you, it. You could spin the Wachowski three. siblings. Yeah, you, made gotta, it, yeah. you gotta be careful with that. <laughs> um, okay, so so you got Saving Private Ryan, and then you had uh, the Searchers. Mm-hmm. Let's go with favorite crime movie, crime noir. Ooh. Would- would that fall into gangster films? Mm-mm. Okay. They get through a whole, whole, whole other. Crime noir. Mine's L.A. Confidential. I thought that. That was like the first... When you say noir, that's the first thing. L.A. I Confidential. Like, it's Everything a, about it's perfect. It's a really great aesthetically put together film. And it's yeah. just got great acting in it. And Russell Crowe's always good. Except for Les Miserables. Haven't seen it. Haven't seen it either. No. <laughs> so what's your favorite crime noir movie? Oh, shit. Like, I really like... Um, it's hard to pick a favorite. I could just rattle off a couple that are really good. Uh, to Live and Die in L.A. is pretty good. Okay. William Friedkin. Um, I really like... Uh, Goodfellas just keep popping up. That's not noir. No. Okay, okay. We'll go, we'll go to... Favorite mob movie? Favorite gangster mafia movie? Well, I'd say Goodfellas is the ultimate. Disagree. I'd, I'd say Goodfellas is better than The Godfather. Disagree. I'd say uh, it's hard to compare the two, but I'd say it like this Goodfellas is the movie you want to fuck, Godfather is the movie you want to marry. I've never said that about any movie, actually. Well, I like movies more than you, clearly. <laughs> I've never been like, that movie, I'd fuck it. I'd fuck that movie, but Goodfellas... <laughs> Goodfellas is just... It's like a great sex session. It just keeps you going and never stop. I disagree. Yeah? Casino. Fuck Casino. What? Casino is... Dude, I will punch you in the fucking mouth. Casino Don't you even shit on Casino. I can That shit. is my favorite mobster movie. Uh, it's got scenes in it that are really good, but ultimately it needs to... Get edited down and the whole Sharon Stone subplot. Eh. Sharon Stone's important. Okay, eh. look, look, look. It's not a gangster New York yeah. shoehorning woman yeah. into the into the movie. Yeah, she's the problem. She is the she is what it's, she was great in it. Cameron Diaz from Gangs of New York makes absolutely no sense. Oh, yeah. It's like, wait a second, who are you? Gangs of New York was when I was still on the fence about DiCaprio because he hadn't transitioned into a man for me. Dude, like, that movie made, gave me my favorite actor. Daniel Day-Lewis? No, God, no. Brendan Gleeson. Oh, he's great, too. Brendan Gleeson, everything he is. In Bruges, The Guard. You, he, uh, Calvary... He's one of those guys that people don't know his people name. People don't know who he is. He was in Harry Potter. He's Mad-Eye yeah, Movie. Mad-Eye Movie. He is one of the best character actors I think mm-hmm. out there. Everything that he's in is good. 28 Days Later. He was, a 20, he was Frank from 28 Days Later. He got blood in his eye. He got that blood in his eye, yeah, man. He can't baby. do it. And that fucking broke my heart. But oh, yeah. I need to watch that again. It's Brendan so Gleeson. Love him. Yeah. He, he was awesome in it. He's a very caring, compassionate character mm-hmm. in a lot of his movies. He was in Kingdom of Heaven as a bad guy, and he was believable. Uh-huh. I mean, I like Brendan Gleeson. That, uh, and Gangs of New York was the movie that made me realize he was my favorite actor. Yeah, he was really good in Gangs of New York, but uh, John C. Riley. John C. Riley is one of those great... John C. Riley is great. He's a great character actor, and he can do it all. Yeah, he's funny. He's, he's, yeah. Which brings me to my favorite movie. No, we're not getting to your favorite movie yet. Okay, oh. so so uh, okay, so we got we got we went through everything. Scary movie. 
Ooh, this is I. I'm so turned off to horror films now. Me too. I hate horror films. I love horror films. I hate them, but I. It's so rare that I, I see stupid. a good one. Yeah, I think they're stupid. Um, I think all the good like stories have been told because they're all templates, just basically yeah. the same thing. You know all the beats, but there every now and then there will be a horror film that really unnerves me. Or okay, it's very hard to do. I'd say The Exorcist was like the first one that really okay. fucked with me. But I came from a Catholic household where it was supposed to be God fearing, and I was okay. like, oh shit! And that's actually a movie that's still terrifying. Like, I don't, I don't have a favorite scary movie. I, I don't um, like scary movies. I would. I, I had to pick one. Uh, the thing is really good, but that's more sci-fi, I'd say. Favorite sci-fi movie? Ooh. Um, come back to that. <laughs> Mine is Moon. Moon is very good. Sam Rockwell, Kevin Spacey, any, can't go wrong, man. Any time that you can get a narrative of one guy in yep. like space, and it's like I think Interstellar was awful. I, I thought Interstellar it. was awful too. I finally I saw it. it. And I was like, what? What? It was a piece of shit. When he it. goes into the wormhole and then starts to fall, I was like, wait a second, what's going on? As soon as they're like, Murph! Or Murph! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I, I didn't hate it. I hated it. <laughs> I didn't hate it. I didn't like the ending. Inception, great ending. Memento, great ending. Prestige, great ending. The majority of... of uh, I feel like I'm missing some of his movies. Yes, you are. But they're Batman-oriented, mostly. Um, yeah, Memento. but... Like, but I said Memento, um, but great endings. Like, yeah. you, you know? But it's like, it's so hard to write an ending that's going to twist the audience. Like, because the way you want to write a screenplay is you want your screenplay to be two steps ahead of the audience. And you don't yeah. want them to be able to predict what's going to happen. I still think that Matthew McConaughey was great in it. I, th- I thought the acting it was, just a was superb. Story. It was just fucking stupid. And the man. editing was bad. And Topher Grace showed up for some reason. <laughs> Fuck that guy. That's what that was the nail in the coffin. Yeah, no, that la- the scene that I was just gnashing my teeth to was at the end in like the third act when he's in space and he's trying to do the wormhole and there's it felt like he was trying to replicate how Inception had like a story within a story within a story that was all working in one motion. Yeah, and he's like, okay, how can I replicate that sort of like cinematic editing trickery and like make the story seem like it's bigger than it is and the whole fucking plot was he's in space trying to talk to a bookshelf or something and his (laughs) and his his two fucking awful children are fighting over didn't uh, Jessica what's her face yeah she she set the crops on fire or some shit and then then Casey Affleck had a beard was like like the whole fucking 20 minutes was him driving to confront them at the house and Topher Grace just like quick cuts of Topher Grace looking like emotional and like oh man brace yourself and then back to space and I was like this story is so fucking dumb okay we're not we're not on movies you hate alright alright so um uh, top three least favorite movies of all time. I'd say one, Boondock Saints. You're you are wrong. I am not. You are absolutely wrong. I'm not. I okay. Hate, number I, two. Number two. Um. Why do you hate Boondock Saints? By the way. The fans. Okay. Number two. That's um, that's all you need to say. I got you. Anytime somebody compares it to Tarantino, it pisses me off because Tarantino is in a league of his own, and that movie well, is I, so dumb. Uh, I well, I can't remember the guy's name that that did Boondock Saints. People it's don't like Trent. Him. He's a, um, he's a jerk. he's a fuck. Have you seen yeah. the documentary about him? No. It's, it's called Overnight. 
Um, People it's, hate him. You need to watch Overnight. Okay. It is a it's like it's like a Greek tragedy of somebody who succeeds at what they want to do because at the time in like '97 that was the hottest script in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keanu Reeves wanted it. Every all these big A-list actors wanted it, and this guy's like. Fuck yeah, I've got it made. I made it. And he's also like in a shitty band. It's basically in Boston. Like he's in the bar that the movie's basically set in. He owned a bar. He was in a shitty band. He'd written this stupid script because there was a lot of crime or something in Boston. And he's like, well, what about vigilante justice? Like it's a deep thought almost. Like people. I like the movie. I thought it was a good movie. I think it's a fun movie if you're watching it and you're not. His name is like right on the tip. It's Trent something. Um. He's a fucking douche. Yeah. And uh, he, like, the, he, the story is basically like he flew too close to the sun. He was just like, yeah, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to take control of this movie. And how it works in Hollywood is if you've got a script, it's not yours. If yeah, somebody's... screenwriters, they're done. That's afterwards. why he directed it, yeah. because he wanted yeah. it to get it done the way he wanted it to be, which is, I understand if it's your original screenplay, yeah. it's your vision, and no one else can do it. But the movie's just so hollow. And Willem Dafoe is the only reason I have enjoyment from it. Just because. Yeah, it's he such good. a B role almost, and it's great. Second least favorite movie. Oh man, um, pay it forward with Kevin Spacey, Haley Joel Osment. We had to and watch Helen Hunt. Yes, hate that movie. Really? We had to watch My that, love is that movie. every year at theology class in high school, and I'd seen it probably ten times by the end of high school. Number three. Ooh, I'm gonna say. I will tell you mine right now while you're thinking about number three. Mm-hmm. Battlefield Earth is the worst movie that was ever fucking made. It, Cat in the Hat is a close Cat in the Hat's second. Bad. And then Catwoman. You've got all the ones. Shit. Those are all great, horrible films. I will give great you... Great, horrible films? I say no, that man. You, you nailed George it. George Romero's Night of the Living Dead is a great, horrible film. Yeah, but I think of that movie in more of the time it was released. Trolls 2. Yeah. Is a great these are like, horrible film. I'd say like you nailed it on the head that these are all horrible movies. Terrible. And Catwoman is hilariously bad, but yeah. like there's differences for bad movies for me. Like there's a bad movie, but I can watch it with like an air of pessimism that is. Cat awful. Catwoman. She got turned on by catnip. I know. She played basketball. That's she. Easy. She played. She played with the ball like a fucking cat. I love that movie. That's not Catwoman. It is so many stupid scenes in it that I can't help but love it. But you like, know who had a good uh, Catwoman? Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. Oh God. What about Anne Hathaway? She was pretty good. You haven't seen that one yet. It's not. Bad. I haven't seen the third uh, Batman. People give it a bum rep because it had to follow the Dark Knight, which honestly got don't I don't even, spoil it for me. I mean, I don't even so consider like those Batman comic book movies. I consider those crime dramas. Just yeah. Because what they are, they're grounded in reality and like. Yeah. Number three. Number three. Least favorite movie. Well, how I grade a really bad movie is if it's a comedy, a comedy, a bad comedy, there's nothing worse than a bad comedy. Because so Stuck on You. Stuck on You eh. I think that that's all right. We'll come back to that. We'll come back to Okay, what about your favorite movie of all time? No, we'll do top five. Okay. Top five favorite movies all time. I don't do top five, but I have a list that I've prepared. Always. It's, yeah, don't, just give me top five. My, I wanna, yeah. It's my desert island. If I got stuck on a desert island with These a Blu-ray player in a movie, and I had to do a variety. First would be Talking Heads, Stop Making Sense, Concert. It's a Jonathan. Not not concerts. It's movies. a it's a concert film. Okay, but it's 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 probably one of the greatest shows I've ever seen, and I've okay. seen it so many times. Number two, Saving Silverman. 
that shitty 2001 comedy. Yeah, really shitty. Jack Black. I will. Steve Zahn. I will. Awful. Steve Zahn and Jack Black have never been better. Those are. Yeah. That is literally like. That could be on my top five worst movies. I think that that movie got me at a right time. It's going to be a dad film for me, kind of like how Weekend at Bernie's and like. Um, it's your Road varsity house. blues. Yeah, exactly. But it's it hits <coughs> all the right spots. Oh, there's one favorite sports movie. Um, I think. Well, I mean, Rudy's all right, okay, even Rudy's. though Joe Montana's son. I'd say Goon. Goon's very good. Goon's good. Do you see Big Fan with Patton Oswalt? No. That is a good one. Okay, it's not necessarily it a sports movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's That's like when a, he was a football fan. It's like a character yeah. study of a diehard fan who gets like assaulted by the quarterback of his favorite team. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he has to either press charges or not. And they're like making it to the playoffs. And it's Patton Oswalt is such an underrated actor, I think. So, the last three. Last three. Last three. Um, I'd say that... Maybe if I went to ten. That that's the question. That's the question. Is that you have five movies that you can have for the rest of your you're left, you're stuck on an island. Uh huh. These are the movies you're gonna have for the rest of your life. What movies are they? Well, if I could have five copies of the same movie, I would because that's my favorite. But What's your favorite? Go ahead. My favorite movie, and I've always hated to select a favorite, but I've decided now after twenty four years of living. God, I'm glad you're breaking this on my podcast. Boogie Nights. Never seen it. Boogie Nights. I know. Is, I know Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it. Yeah, every it's got Marky Mark, Burt Reynolds, William H Macy, Don Cheadle, Julianne Moore, Heather Graham. Oh yeah, that's um, a good. That's a good it's actor. it is the it's a perfect movie, and I don't think it gets the reputation that it deserves. I I've watched it's on Netflix now, and I've watched it probably five times this month. I've never seen it. It is. Every single like I've in, started to like analyze it at this point because I've seen it so much and Mark Wahlberg kills it. Top top five for me. Okay. Yes. Uncle Buck. <laughs> is that a childhood favorite? Uncle Buck is just everything you want in a movie. I probably, watched it recently and I did not like it. Probably Blues Brothers. I've not watched all of that. I think. Great movie. Mm-hmm. Since this is, can it be a box set? Can I do a box set? Yeah. Box, box set would be uh, Lord of the Rings. I mean, with yeah. none of the Hobbits. Or extended. Extended versions. Okay. None of the Hobbits. The Hobbits shouldn't have had that. There, there should, should not have been three movies. There should have been one movie. Should have been one movie. It's a 240 page children's book that I read in fourth grade. Should have been one movie. Uh, yeah, nothing. Dollar signs. Wrong. That's all they saw. Absolutely. Um, prestige. That's a good one. Would be on that list. And then what would be my number one movie? Maybe Goon. Huh? I might say Goon. I'd say Goon is one of those that snuck under everybody's I might radar. say Varsity Blues as well, because that, that was a high school movie that yeah. I watched before every football game. Mm-hmm. It's, it's tough. It's a... Uh, but all those movies I could, I could watch right now. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, if I had to... Totally. This is the first time in my life I've forgotten my five on a desert island. Now that just tells you how suited I am for a fucking desert island. That, I, that's great. I mean, that's a that's a new question I can do. I, I'm I'm still trying new stuff with the podcast, um, give and takes, all that kind of stuff. I uh, suggested th- calling in and drunk movie reviews. From yeah, I don't want to. I don't want you to do that. Quit overrunning my podcast. You already got your hey, very own. Buddy. Hey, you got your own outro. No one got that. Oh, I no did. one's got that. Yeah, you listened to the episode. That was special. You said you were semi-famous. I know, but I got you on iTunes, maybe. 
That's true. That's true. We might, we might have to talk about a segment. We might have to talk about Elliot's Drunk Movie Corner. We need to find a punchier name. <laughs> yeah. Well, we probably should get rid of Elliot. That's yeah. probably the best way just, to get rid of a well, punchier name. I think the name. best way to do that is just call me Old L, and then we can get punchy. Old L. Old L. That's my stage um, persona now. So here's a question. another question. Uh, you have been convicted of murdering a bunch of people. Yeah. What is your last meal? What did I murder them? How did I murder them? It doesn't them? fucking it matter. It does. You're on your last meal. This, you get a last meal before you get killed. Well, this will define... What's your last meal? This will define what I am as a person. Your last meal? Well, how I murdered these people, my modus operandi, is going to determine what kind of meal I probably no, will eat. No, don't go that deep into it. You uh, are on death row. Yeah. The government set you up. What is your last meal? Am I? <laughs> do Quit I have... asking questions about how you got there. Just answer. It's, it's the last meal. All right. This is going to be a hard find for them, but they're going to have to go down to Evansville, Indiana, and reopen Sir Beef. Sir Beef. Sir Beef, and get me three king beef sandwiches. Wouldn't it be easier for them just to find the owner of Sir Beef and no, have him make it? That place got shut down because they're selling weed through the drive-through. Wait, is, hold on a second. So it would be easier to reopen a store just yeah. for your yeah. No, they find the owner, they get the recipe, they make it and give it to you. That crumbly roast beef, it's just so good. You don't even put sauce you, on you it. You want to go to Owl's Beef? Maybe. That's not that good. <laughs> but this is the best roast beef sandwiches I've ever had. And then I had Arby's after that for the first time. And I was like, fuck that. Yeah, see, I, I, I go all over the place. First time I did that question, it was a bunch of seafood, crab legs, shrimp, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Last week I put a cheddar, uh, cheddar potato thing uh -huh. on it. Like, this week... I'd have to say Trojan Horse Fish Tacos. Ooh, nice. Their fish tacos are, the, are the best fish tacos I've ever had in my life. With a side of baba ganoush for dipping. Nah. <laughs> nah, I'm not a baba ganoush I fan. think I figured out. I just recently learned what baba ganoush was. Yeah. Up until that point, at me going to Trojan Horse and getting like the appetizer sampler, I just thought it was some shit Vince Vaughn said for fun in Wedding Crashers. <laughs> Baba Ganoush. Who's actually given that name after Wedding Crash? Really? No. Why would you believe that? Why would I believe anything you tell me about exactly. movies? I'm better at it than you. <laughs> I don't know if I go that far. I'll see about that. Gosh, I wish I could do a throwdown question. Give me another seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. We're seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. You want another one just to tell you. Oh, it's going to be good. We're running out of time. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, we're going to do... Who's your favorite actor? Well, Nicolas Cage is a favorite, but Nicolas I'd Cage. say that uh, favorite actor, if I had to pick one, working today, uh, let's go with Jake Gyllenhaal. He puts out some pretty strong work. Really? Yes. You don't believe that? No. He's a great... Oh, Zodiac was one of my five, Desert Island. That's what I was jumping off from. Zodiac is great. Okay, we are going to do my favorite actor and uh -huh. your favorite actor. All right. We're going to do Brendan Gleeson. Oh, man. And we are going to do Jake Gyllenhaal. I fucking got this in two. You got it in two. Okay, hold on Wait. a second. I'm going to put in I'm going to put in Jake. Okay. You ready for this? I'm ready. All right. Okay, two. Okay, it's going to be 1 2 3. So Brendan Gleeson was in 28 Days Later with Cillian Murphy. Okay. Who was Scarecrow in the Batman trilogy. 
And in the third one, which he was also in, Anne Hathaway was Catwoman, and Anne Hathaway was in Love and Other Drugs with Jake Gyllenhaal. See, I was going to go... This says Jake Gyllenhaal was in Everest. That's a new one. I, honest to God, saw him in the trailer, and I was like, that's Jake Gyllenhaal. With Todd Boyce. Todd Boyce. Todd Boyce was in The Punisher. Which one? There's like three of them. 1989's With Dolph Lundgren. With Brennan... Gleason. Did I spell Brennan Gleason's name right? It's B-R-E-N-D-A-N. Gleason is, I think is G-L-E-E-S-O-N, maybe? You just you just murked? I just murked that seven degrees of Jake Gyllenhaal. It wasn't seven degrees. I got my Jill Phil. It was four degrees. It was, yeah, it was less than that. It was, I don't know. See, we, for the seven degrees, I would have I would have found a way to go to October Sky, which that I think... That would have been Chris Cooper, probably your best bet. I think, I think, uh... October Sky is one of the best movies ever made. I've not seen it. Oh, man, it's beautiful. I mean, I know about it. I'm familiar with it. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a coal mining town. And he was the one that was like, I'm a NASA boy. I'm going to make rockets, I'm Dad. I'm to be a rocket, unlike you. Ugh, you're never going to get out of this town. It's basically the same story as Billy Elliot, but with rockets instead of ballet. Instead of ballet. <laughs> have you seen any movies lately? I have not. I have. Okay. I have seen a lot lately. Uh, Goosebumps is pretty great. With Jack Black? Yes. I haven't seen Jack Black give 110% like that since Saving Silverman and Ought One. Playing dual roles, baby. (laughs) (laughs) He plays uh, R.L. Stein. Ought One. Ought One. Oh, one. I've never seen it. No, it's the year that Saving Silverman came out. Uh, uh, it was old English, I think. Bad. Bad. Bad movie. It was fucking great. I'm a mom. <laughs> I'm a mom. <laughs> uh, Sounds awful. I saw Crimson Peak, which was a snooze. Guillermo del Toro's new movie. Yeah, he hasn't made a good one in, since, since Pan- Hellboy 2. Hellboy is honest. I say I like Hellboy and Hellboy Two more than I like fucking Pan's Labyrinth. I liked Pan's. Labyrinth. I like Pan's Labyrinth, but Hellboy is like the only comic book film that I would want to see more of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was unique and all the creatures were cool, and it it's definitely a, a franchise he deserved to have. But yeah, I thought I think Hellboy. I think that that it's fit perfect. Ron Perlman was perfect casting. Perlman. Yeah. Ron Perlman kind of looks like a monkey, and he's he's even been casted as a caveman, like Quest for Fire. Like he's just a, a primitive-looking fella. He's got that big forehead that hangs out like a plateau. But uh, Crimson Peaks, a snooze. Somebody tried to tell me I didn't like it because I don't. It was a European film. Like I'm not cultured. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, no, I, I watch all movies. I've studied international cinema. It's just a bad movie. And they're like, you don't know. I, I'd say the only thing it had going for it was it had a couple good gore scenes. That's about it. The story's pretty damn predictable, and you're sitting there for two hours. I was just waiting for goosebumps the whole time. But I'd say, movie, you need to peep. Sicario. Never heard of it. Sicario. Uh, Do you ever see Prisoners? No. With Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, that was a great one. That's one of those other anti-Hollywood like Hollywood endings where you just feel bad at the end of it, but it's... I have no interest in seeing it. It's great. Yeah, I have absolutely Sicario no. Sicario is about um, 
the Mexican drug cartel okay. in Arizona and Mexico, and it has uh, Benicio del Toro and Josh Brolin and Emily Blunt. Okay, and she basically plays like this this agent that they recruit to do this top secret cartel duty that she's not aware of, and they take her down to Tijuana or Juarez. When she's not aware that they're going down to Juarez, and it's really like it's it's so good, it's a real. It's so suspenseful. It's great filmmaking, and it has probably one of the most powerful ending scenes or shots that I've seen in years. Sounds good. I'd I'd recommend it. It's my year's pick. I'd say. Okay. Well, tell the people where they can find you. Find me on Twitter at Call Me Bitches. No spaces. Uh, you can find me on Facebook if you want to network. Uh, if you're in Bloomington, you can find me at Bear's Place, usually drunk and in a Target garb. Okay. Yeah. Anywhere else? Instagram, Tumblr? Eh, I don't fuck with the Instagram. I've got one, but I don't really care. Uh, so Twitter, call me bitches. Uh-huh. And uh, Monday night, Bears Place, every Monday Bears night, Place. and on Facebook at Elliot Hilton. Yeah, I think it might be facebook.com slash Oslam Elliot. Oh, God. I don't even, I think that was a work nickname that I adopted. Yeah, it sounds hilarious. I love nicknames. I'm yeah. so unique. <laughs> oh, wow. I know, right? Old L. Old L. I've got, yeah, I got Eot. I got Old L. I got. This is weird. I, I didn't ask you for all your nicknames. I know. I got fuckface. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you that one. I no. know. You call me it all the time. It's such a term of endearment. <laughs> like, it's how we know we love each other. My sister and I call each other bitch. Like, that's been the way we've operated for like five to six years now. And and now I've kind of adopted it to more of a workplace setting. And it's just gone to girl. <laughs> I call her by girl. Yes, you do. I love it. If you want to follow you on Snapchat... I, sure, I don't know. I don't really even do that. <laughs> do you want to see often. if you want to see Elliot sing on uh, Snapchat? Oh yeah, I think it's Swagger Vance. <laughs> I'm a player of words. You so you so char. I know. Uh, I wanted to thank my guest Elliot for coming to uh, Chicago to sit down with me for this episode. It was a pleasure. And this uh, is my first podcast. I'm trying to work on a new exit thing because I was told that my let's get weird. Remember next time let's get That's weird. That's from workaholics. It's from workaholics. I didn't realize that because yeah. I don't walk that show. So yeah. I'm t- I'm trying to think uh, of something new. Do you have a Do you have something you would say to go out? Ooh, shit. Let's eat cake. Nah. That's too Mary Antoinette. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, thanks again, Elliot. And uh, remember, next time, fuck, fuck off, off and then, then fuck, fuck back, back on, on please. please. <laughs> so fucking and give a five-star review on iTunes if you